I just wanted to start out the recording with me breaking you <laughs> once again. That's what I live for. Guys, um, welcome back, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> don't call it a comeback. Or do. I don't give a fuck. I do. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> wow, really off to a great start. Guys, watched Once Never Again is back. We are back from our hiatus. I'm Mary Beth. I'm Dax, I think. You think? And, uh... Jury's still out. We're here to talk about movies that are really disturbing, so you don't have to watch them, and you can just hear about it. We are and back! you're welcome. And you're welcome. We are back, and we are starting off our new journey with animated films! Bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow. I'm so excited. I've, I, I've picked this journey for us. And yes. I'm so stoked because animation is one of my all-time favorite things. I love anime. I am a huge anime person. I love animated movies and specifically adult animated stuff. I'm not like a huge Disney head, but I really love gross, horror, fucked up animation. So I am very excited to take you on a journey, Dax, because I, I am programming this entire sh- this entire thing. Yes, I've I we talked about this earlier. I'm letting Mary Beth pick all of the movies for this and put them in order um, because I made her watch so much <laughs> Lars von Trier, um, and so this is what I deserve. I, and I famously really don't watch very much animation, which we can get into. Um, so I really I don't know anything. I made one request, just one movie that I requested. Who knows if it'll be approved or denied. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to it, but, um, yes, I, so when you were talking about how much you love anime, I started laughing. I don't know if you heard me. I did. And I was like, I cannot wait to hear why you're laughing. Cause I think it's because you, would you not feel the same way about anime that I do? No, no. Well, we can talk about that too, but I started laughing because I started thinking like, I, I feel, Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if you were in high school in, like, between... I was in high school from 2006 to 2010, right? So Mm -hmm. if you were in high school around that time and maybe a little bit after, maybe until, like, 2013, um, I feel like there was probably a group of kids in your high school who loved anime and would dress like the Naruto characters. Is that just me? My school was really weird. No, no, no. We had that. I had a guy. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I had a guy in elementary school who came dressed as Inuyasha. If you know who that is, it's like a samurai yes. that looks like a dog, and he came to school dressed as that. Yeah. Got so it. yeah. No, no. We had a, we had a very we had a group of those kids. I was like on the periphery. I will not deny. I didn't dress up. I did not dress well, up. That's why I started laughing because I started imagining imagining you dressed like a Naruto oh, character, my and they God. would wear like the. I've never watched Naruto, but I I from what I've gleaned from watching these people in high school, they have like these like headband things. Is that right? Yeah. Is that Naruto? And like the, yeah, that's Naruto. Yeah, that's Naruto. I don't know how you say it either. It's Naruto, Naruto. It's fine. I'm yeah. not. A, I do not know a lot about it. I know like some stuff, but yeah, they all like have symbols on their headbands. Yes, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so I was picturing you wearing that, and I was I was picturing you. So one time when I was in um, gym class, we were playing softball, and this kid was up to bat, and um, he was like a nerdy kid, like he was he was one of the anime kids, okay. and. Um, he was up to bat and he hit the ball to everyone's surprise and then he started running but the way he started running I I, I was I couldn't stop laughing and I think about it all the time because he was doing like that the, the Naruto where, run the Naruto run with the, yeah. the arms back oh yeah his oh, arms yeah. are back and oh, <laughs> when yeah. he came uh-huh. he came around he actually had a home run so when he came around um, I was like I wasn't trying to be mean I was just like hey like why are you running like that and he was like, it makes you run faster. And I was like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> he was like, yeah, it does. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm not going to fight you. You're but like, I mean, <laughs> sure, but what? I, I, was, I know I was laughing at him. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry, Christian, if you... <laughs> I know you're listening Christian, to this. Christian, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But um, so I was picturing... <laughs> I can't stop laughing because I keep picturing you running like <laughs> that. Oh, my God. Uh, that's funny. Okay. So that is why you're not. So they gave you kind of like a bad taste in your mouth about anime. Is that why you weren't like a big anime person? Oh, no. No. They just happened to be doing that. I had already oh. tried to like anime. So <laughs> they were just to the side. <laughs> they were just like there living their lives. Um, no, I had... So my first like little girlfriend when I was like in sixth grade, and fun uh-huh. fact she she looked like exactly like Fruits of Bulk. Oh um, wow! Yeah, and super goth and everything. I have great taste. Um, <laughs> she was she was very into anime. She was two years older than me, um, so she she would always like lend me like like what are they, manga right. Yeah, the, bo- Manga, those are the books. Yeah. Um, and I remember the one that she liked the most was called Fruits Basket, or yes. Fruits Baskets, or something. Um, yep. And I was like, "Why is it called that?" And she was like, "Well, read them." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." And then I did, and I was like, "I still don't know why." Um, and I still don't know why. And at this point, I'm afraid to ask. But please don't okay. tell me why, because okay. <laughs> I'm. I like to imagine it's about like eventually some fighting fruit of some sort that's what i like uh, to picture yeah sure okay um and don't sure. ruin that fantasy i'm not me. going to i am not <laughs> i'm not but yeah so <laughs> she always used to um lend me all that stuff um she she had like some sort of anime on dvd and i would try to watch that and i was just like i don't think i like this and she would draw it too she was actually an incredible artist oh fuck yeah she would draw like um werewolf like uh like (laughs) some some of them were like explicit (laughs) like oh and it was like but they're werewolves but like people and it's anime yeah i don't know yeah but she yeah. she's an incredible artist. Um, I doubt uh, I don't know what she's doing now because I don't talk to her. But drop that Insta handle. <laughs> she's still drawing werewolf if, smut. If I fucking knew it, I would. Cause she was an amazing artist. Um, yeah. Just like a really weird person. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it wasn't for like it wasn't because of someone else why I don't like it or whatever. It was just like 
I never got into it. I would I tried like for a few months. I would like read everything she gave me. I would watch it, and I was just like, no, nope, not for me. Do you remember? I, any I didn't even you like, watched. Um, I don't. I I mean, like everyone else in the nineties, or well, that wasn't the nineties. That was the two thousands. But I tried to watch like. Pokemon. I tried to watch Yu-Gi-Oh. I didn't like either of those. Um, but the stuff that she watched was like, I, I felt like it wasn't like for kids. Like I felt like it was okay. like, it's like animated, but I didn't feel like it was for kids. Like it didn't seem like really. I, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering, but it just it didn't feel like you know like cartoon like storyline vibes. Oh, they're not, and a lot like most of them aren't. They're not. So, like, this is... Okay, so this is the thing with, like... For the, okay, so for the series, we're not just going to be talking about anime, but there's going to be a lot of anime in here because Japanese animation has been so, I think, influential to just, like, the, the entire genre of animation and kind of how people look at the medium as a whole. But a lot of anime shows are really adult and where, like, they look like kids' shows. Like, a lot of them, like, Evangelion... Um, which is a like a big one. Um, the Gundam series, Gundams are like giant robot exoskeletons that people pilot, and they can only be piloted by teenagers. Like these shows that are about kids, but these kids are in horrendously fucked up situations, and it all really stems from this crisis a uh, generation of Japan, a, a generation of Japanese people had after World War Two, and this kind of like crisis about youth and the future and like what it means to be a kid and all this like hopelessness and so a ton of that anime especially the really popular ones are like imbued with that so it's all very bleak like there's also very wholesome anime too but a lot of the like really popular stuff that a lot of people have seen are very bleak um for that reason so it's like you think of and like pokemon obviously is for for kids but a lot of anime is more just like the medium with which they tell these stories. It's not it's not meant for a younger audience. It's just a new way of interpreting these kinds of tales of like woe and ennui. That's really interesting, and I didn't I didn't know all that. I took a class on anime and manga in college, um, mm. <laughs> um, which was cool. But like, I've also been a huge I've been a big fan of anime since high school. Um, I watched a lot with my friends. I watched like, a lot of Adult Swim at like two in the morning. I found a lot of things online. I just, you know, I I definitely wasn't one of those kids that like I didn't read manga. Like I didn't want to read it. I, I think I think I was overwhelmed because with manga series, there's like seventy five volumes. It's just so mm-hmm. much. It's such an overwhelming prospect to read all of that. And I think it was just like holy shit. And so I never wanted to watch those shows that were like never ending. Like one piece and naruto with like thousands of episodes i liked the shorter like more contained stories like that weren't going on for seasons and seasons because i don't have the attention span for that <laughs> um yeah but i i mean i guess a yeah. lot of people do I, a lot and like i totally get it um but just like it wasn't for me like when i got into it i was watching things like um actually paranoia agent and paranoia agent is by the same director of the movie we're talking about today satoshi Kon. since satoshi Kon, i'm sorry i'm talking so much <laughs> like you're like i'm lecturing you about movies 
I don't know shit about this. And what what I just said was that 20 years ago, I tried to watch anime. <laughs> that was 20 years ago. <laughs> so, um, um, uh, you're fine. Like, I don't know anything, so. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Um, so, Satoshi did. Oh, oh, sorry. sorry. I, I was just going to say, I did know about this movie, though, because, like, it does pop up on a lot of those, like, disturbing movies. So, lists. that, okay. So, yeah. So, Satoshi Kon is, an, unfortunately, he passed away, I believe, in 2006 from cancer. But he is, like, an, what, it's one of my favorite directors of, like, all time. So, he directed Perfect Blue, which, spoiler alert, we're talking about today, which is on a lot of lists because it, it like, kind of transcend. It was one of those few movies, like, transcend the animation, like, barrier and become like, no, this is a really fucked up movie that you need to watch. It's not just meant for people who like anime or who are like horror people. Like this is like a movie that needs to be seen by a wider audience. And so he also directed Paranoia Agent, which was this wild as fuck adult swim show that I truly, I still don't really know what it's about, um, despite having watched it quite a few times. Um, but it's it's trippy. So we'll talk about Perfect Blue. I guess it's actually a good transition into Perfect Blue that like, it's a pretty like it gets in your head trippy mind fuck movie and that's all of his work and that's the kind of anime that i've always liked things that are like kind of fucked up and weird shocking i know to everybody (laughs) um but so do you want to start talking about the movie i brought today for us to chat about to start animation sure um i'm excited that you picked this because i would have never watched it if you hadn't (laughs) i i probably Honestly, I probably wouldn't watch any of the movies. Like, even if they weren't anime, I probably wouldn't watch them because I really don't watch animated stuff. Okay. I just don't. And I think, I I feel like there's, like, some, it's not some deep reason. I just feel like, I know this is really um, reductive to say, but I think that I make a connection to kids stuff with animated stuff, whether or not it's for kids. Um, so that's just like a personal hang up that I have. And I I don't really watch kid stuff. I, and even when I was a kid, I didn't watch that much kid stuff. Like I never really got into Disney movies. Um, I, I like a couple of them, I guess, but I wouldn't say that I, I was like a Disney fan and I'm, I'm still not, um, you know, I mean, there's some stuff like, <laughs> like I would watch the creepy stuff like Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> oh, I love or, that shit. <laughs> yeah, or like, um, I love the Powerpuff Girls, and I still do. Oh, love the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> That's almost anime, right? Kind of. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, yeah. It's, it, no. <laughs> And, like, Spongebob. But then, besides that, like, not much that I've really held on to. So, um, yeah, I, I don't... I guess I never really thought too deeply about it. And, like I said, I know that's really reductive. And, I, honestly, I know that it's ignorant, <laughs> like, to say that. Because it's, like, I know that animated movies are not always for kids. Like, obviously. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why I do that to myself. And it seems like I'm really missing out on stuff because I really like this movie, so I'm glad you picked it. So, okay, let me read our uh, our our favorite Wikipedia synopsis of Perfect Blue. So, Perfect Blue was released in 1999. Nope, it was 2001. Uh, Perfect Blue. No, 
Damn, ninety-seven. Yes. Um. Well, it had so it had its initial premiere at the Fantasia Film Festival in nineteen ninety-seven. Um, this was Satoshi Kon's uh directorial debut, and it is based on a book. And so let me jump into the synopsis of the film. Uh, Mima Kiragoi, member of a J-pop idol group named Cham, decides to leave the group to become a full-time actress. She gets stalked by a creepy-looking fan named Mimania, who's upset by her change from a clean-cut image. Following directions from a fan letter, Mima discovers a website called Mima's Room, containing public diary entries written from her perspective, and which has her daily life and thoughts recorded in great detail. During her acting career, she is joined by manager and former pop idol Rumi Hidaka and her agent Tarakoro. Mima confides in Rumi about Mima's room, but is advised to just ignore it. You know, always a good idea. Mima's first job is a minor role in a TV detective drama called Double Blind. However, Tarakoro lobbies the producers of Double Blind and succeeds in securing Mima a larger part that involves a rape scene. Despite Rumi's objections, Mima accepts the role, although this leaves her severely affected. On her way home, she sees her reflection dressed in her formal, former idol outfit. She would claim she's the real Mima. Between the ongoing stresses of filming Double Bind, her lingering regret over leaving Cham, her paranoia of being stalked, and her increasing obsession with Mima's room, Mima begins to suffer from psychosis. In particular, struggling to distinguish real life from her work in show business and having repeated apparently unreal, repeated apparently unreal sightings of her former self. Several people who are involved in her acting are murdered. Mima finds evidence which makes her appear to be the prime suspect, and her mental instability makes her doubt her own memories and innocence, as she recalls brutally murdering photographer Murano. Mima manages to finish shooting Double Bind, the final scene of which reveals that her character killed and assumed the identity of her sister due to a trauma-induced dissociative identity disorder. After the rest of the filming staff have left the studio, Mimania attempts to rape and kill her, acting on emailed instructions from the real Mima to eliminate the imposter. But Mima knocks him unconscious with a hammer. Mima is found backstage by Rumi and is taken back to Rumi's house, only to discover that Rumi was the culprit behind Mima's room, the serial murders, and the folia du that manipulated and scapegoated Mimania. Rumi previously developed a second personality who believed herself to be the real Mima, using information from Mima's confiding in her as the basis for Mima's room. Rumi's Mima personality chases Mima through the city to murder her. Mima incapacitates Rumi in self-defense and saves her from being killed by an oncoming truck. Sometime later, Mima is now a well-known actress and visits Rumi, who has been living in a mental facility for some time. The doctor in charge says that Rumi still believes she is a pop idol most of the time. Mima says she's learned a lot from her experience thanks to Rumi. As Mima leaves the hospital, she overhears two nurses talking about her, a famous actress, before they think she's a Mima lookalike, as the real Mima Kirogoi would have supposedly have no reason to visit a mental institution. As Mima enters her car, she smiles at herself in the rearview mirror before declaring, no, I'm the real thing. So, what did you think? of perfect blue i liked it i i didn't think it was disturbing honestly okay. um but i see why other people think it's disturbing like it's okay. it's gorier than like well not gorier but bloodier than you might expect there's a really good is it like an eye gouging scene <laughs> with yes. the screwdriver maybe that was good. yeah 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 
to me, it gave me, well, this came first, but I, I, it really reminded me of one of my favorite movies, which is Black Swan. Yep. I was going to ask, I was going to talk about that with Black Swan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, talk about it when, when you were thinking to, but. It oh, it's fine. To bring, yeah. I was actually uh, going to bring up how this movie what was, cause I was waiting for you to bring that up. I think cause I knew how much you love mm-hmm. Black Swan and like how this movie has influenced a lot of other movies that have, um, and Sushi Kone in general, his work has influenced, like his work Paprika, um, was a huge inspiration for Inception. So like he is a trailblazer in film. I swear to God, like without this movie, we wouldn't have Black Swan. And he's so and, like, um, uncredited. I feel like. Well, and that's that. This is the thing that that really bothers me about that too, because it's like, it's animation isn't taken seriously, and I think that's bullshit for a lot of reasons. But I think. The animation lets you explore things in a much more, like, fluid way. Because you're not hindered by, like, the laws of physics and all this Mm -hmm. shit. You can make a world and really explore that world and really get into, like, the nitty-gritty of it. And that's why I like Cone's work, because he makes these universes that are so, like, our own, but have this, like, dreamy quality to them that feels unsafe. And that's such an incredible thing to be able to accomplish. And even so with, and even with anime, like you can make us connect to these characters who are animated characters and like feel for them and be scared for them and things like that. And I just don't think, especially in Western, like Western filmmaking, we don't appreciate it because obviously like Arnofsky and Nolan watched it, but they don't give, they don't really give as much credit or like people don't talk about it. And it's like, I guess it's because both it's Japanese and it's animated people, I think write it off, which is so ignorant, but <laughs> I think that happens quite a bit. Yeah. And it, it's like, for me, I feel like it's not that I don't take it seriously. It's a, I can't connect well with it. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, if you're going to sit there and say, like, oh, well, it's animated, it, you know, anyone could do that. It's like, what are you talking about? First of all, the animation in this was, like, incredible. Like, Ugh, um, so good. And it distinctly felt like 1997. I can't explain that. But yeah, I, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked like 1997. It was, like, a little bit gritty. And um, I really liked... I think when people think of anime, they probably think of, like, this glossy style that's, like, um, you know, hyper-pigmented. And, uh, I, 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 and I don't know big, if that's... Big hair and, like, yeah, big eyes and things like yes. that. Like, yeah. or, like, Sailor Moon, like, you know, like, something yes. that looks like that. Um, and it didn't look like that. Everyone looked like a normal person, <laughs> like, or, or even, like abnormal in like a bad way (laughs) they looked like ugly you know yeah Um, oh yeah oh for sure they could have drawn them anyway and they looked like you know i mean if you're an ugly character like why not draw them as an ugly person but anyway um if if you're gonna sit there and be like well animation doesn't take any like real like directorial talent that's the I, I don't even know how you would get that. Like, I don't understand. Just, like, physically, like, I, I can't I can't even draw, like, a stick figure. Well, barely. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how how can you say 
that that doesn't take like just as much if not more like uh filmmaking talent i i wouldn't understand that and i've i've heard people say that and it's like are you are you for real like it's very and i think again like people associate it with kids in a way that i think is like doesn't take it as seriously what you can be mean because i like i said sorry I'm, i'm like this no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I know that I'm being ignorant, and I don't. I don't know what that. That's like a personal hangup, but I know that that's ignorant of me to feel or think or whatever. It's. I don't know. I just can't connect with. Yeah, and like, like I get like, and like so, I get it for sure. I just think that some people just um, automatically assume it, and also I think like Japan. Anime is about reputation because the people will become obsessed with it and make it their personalities. And, like, that's... And otaku, which is a... Cons- otaku um, is someone who's, like, a nerd, is obsessed with something. And otaku... Otaku? Is that what it is? Hold on. I'm just, I'm just like, doubting myself all of a sudden. But that's the right word. Otaku. Yes, okay. Um, so, like, here, people call themselves otaku as, like, kind of... Almost like a like a badge of honor like look i'm so obsessed with this i love it but otaku in japan is actually a really negative word it's like someone who is so obsessed with something that is like technology or a like a thing or a show that you you're all consumed by it and you don't leave your house and you are this like shut in so otaku has this really bad connotation to it in japan for a different reason and actually me mania is cone's look at otaku and the these I wrote a paper about this in college um, about the dangers of technological fantasy in his work and how Perfect Blue reflects this of how like the internet the internet has made these access to people and has warped our sense of boundaries and personal boundaries and what we're allowed access to in people's lives and we see that in this movie I mean the fucking movie starts with a concert and it's all men taking pictures of her and the pop group it's all these it's all all men talking about her all men like sharing opinions about what she should be doing like the whole movie is about how she's being perceived by men who are obsessed with her and that is disgusting but also cone does a really good job looking at that in terms of like showing you this voyeuristic way that this woman is treated and how the pressure placed on her shoulders by men who do not know her but think they're owed something by her and how they sh- like she falls into this psychosis because she's under so much pressure and it speaks it's such an interesting precursor to like how we treat k-pop figures now mm-hmm. and i wrote another i fucking love this movie i wrote another article about how this movie foreshadows k-pop stands and like stan culture and how in 1997 this movie took what was happening with like j-pop groups and like predicted a really fucked up future where we treat people like this and honestly it wasn't very far off yeah it was actually like a little alarming to me while i was watching it right? how accurate it is because it also like i was thinking about the role of technology in this movie too because um like we have social media now and um that makes it like you said it makes it feel like there's parasocial relationships like here there and everywhere and like you're almost considered rude if you say hey like i don't consider you guys my friends like i don't really know you Mm -hmm. um and and i mean i guess that depends how you say it (laughs) but but you know what i you know what i mean 
Um, yeah. And it was like interesting because social media didn't exist at the time and it felt so like uh, relevant to today. It, it, it felt like almost like he had like a premonition or something of how the internet would change, change this kind of behavior for the worse. Like, yes. I mean, it's not even just like um, K-pop or J-pop. It's like, I remember getting into like a Facebook argument, which that tells you how long ago this was because I haven't (laughs) Facebook in like 10 years. But um, I remember getting into a Facebook argument because someone like, um, he posted this article. It was like some punk guy posted this article about uh, how Ariana Grande didn't want her fans to hug her and wouldn't accept any gifts from them and he was like like basically this dad and his kid didn't listen to the rules at the meet and greet and tried to hug her or something and they got kicked out and the guy who like posted it was saying she's so rude these people paid so much to see her and like uh love her so much and she couldn't even like hug them and I was like are you fucking like serious like you can't you don't just get stuff because you like someone like just because you like someone I mean this is on many levels but just because you are a fan of someone doesn't mean they owe you anything and also um it was in the fucking rules if if you didn't like those rules then don't go to fucking meet and greet you don't get to hug someone just because like you waited in line like if they don't want to hug and and also not for nothing and i mean this was before the terrorist attack at the area i was gonna concert. say was it before or after that because that was it was like, before it was okay. well it was well before okay I, i'm just like you know like maybe she doesn't want to like take a chance of getting sick on tour maybe she well, doesn't and she feel comfortable people groping her yeah you know what i mean she like, might yeah. just not be comfortable she doesn't need a fucking reason first of all no and like that that permeates this movie of like the fans not liking that she deviates from this pure image that they think she should have they're like oh she had she expresses some form of sexuality even though it is sexual assault and it's horrendous like her expression of sexuality to them like makes her impure in a way and that that again that's k-pop i mean with k-pop you can't Mm -hmm. like a lot of these these um companies that manage these groups like you can't say and tell anyone you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend you have to seem like that you are available but pure all at the same time and like all this shit and it's like these people think they have control over your life and your image and like you'll do what they want and and it's like the damage that gives to somebody but also just to go back to the internet point to like to 1997 obviously dates it but also there's a point where we see Mima like turning on the computer and going onto the internet for the first time like, she has never used it, and they are discussing the new concept of email. So, like, this was a movie made, like, at the beginning of internet, and, like, what it was, and immediately it's used in this invasive way. And speaking outside of animation, like, this era of, like, Japanese filmmaking in general, like, Perfect Blue, and then there's Pulse, and Cure, and Dark Water, like, these movies that look at, like, this really fucked up version of the world with technology in it and how it's going to change it at the turn of the century it's just like Mm. oh i eat that shit up it's so good um (laughs) yeah and they were right (laughs) they were right which they were all right 
And I think that's why Perfect Blue continues to fuck me up. Like, I, I see what, when you say it's not disturbing, like, I can, I can see why you say that. I think when I watched this, like, the first time I watched this, it just, like, got into my head so much. I think it was, I hadn't really seen anything like it before. And I think it just, the way that the animation lets you get into Mima's headspace, it's so disorienting and so dark. And I also think the the more often, I, the more I've rewatched it, the more I can kind of really look at it as like this horrifying cultural object that is like a terrifying omen of what is to come, which is so harrowing to me. Yeah, I really liked it for that reason too. It's It's like... I don't know. It was like, it was creeping me out. <laughs> I'm like, you were right. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And it was yeah. even before, like, it was even before, like, the American pop stars, like, um, like Britney Spears. It was before she got sexualized at all. And people got really fucking mad. Or, like, Miley Cyrus. They got really fucking mad <laughs> when she was like, actually, I'm not this, like, sanitized Disney version of myself that you guys think yeah. I am. I'm actually, like, a full and complete person and I will take credit because I am from Philadelphia <laughs> um, yeah. the the bangers era of my Cyrus did happen because she went to South Street so you're welcome <laughs> um, hell yeah <laughs> but anyway um, yeah and I, I and apart from the technology part of it I just really liked I, I always like exploring fan culture like a fan mm-hmm. obsession yeah. Um, I think drawing the comparison to K-pop is really interesting, especially because have you ever watched like those documentaries about how K-pop artists like come to be? No, have I you ever? The, I lived with an insane K-pop stand for over a year in Chicago. I've heard it. I lived a documentary of that. I swear to God, <laughs> you did your time. <laughs> well, Facts, um... it was, I knew it. I just can't even begin to describe to you what that was like. I mean, like, no shade. To, like, I, you know what? Find your passion. Find your hobby. But, like... I like K-pop. I also like K-pop. The thing is, like, I like K-pop. But she was, like, the kind of person that, like, spent thousands of dollars on, like, merch and concerts. And, like, look. Oh it's your money. Do what you want. Look, I'm not your mother. But, like, one time I came home. This is, like, a dark story. Sorry, everybody. I came home. My mom had just called me and said my brother had, had like, a mental breakdown and was, like, in a hospital. And I was, like... In Chicago, I was freaked out. I was so upset. I came home crying, and she was like, what's wrong? And I goes, my brother's in a fucking, like, hospital right now for his, like, mental health. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I had a bad day, too. Uh, I thought I heard that um, BTS almost broke up two years ago, and I feel like my day has been ruined. I knew it was BTS. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, that's not the same thing, but all right, have a good day. Like, that was the kind of, per- <laughs> that was the kind of, like, BTS k-pop person it was like above all else everything was like about that life like one time she talked about the possibility of them like having to do like the mandatory like military serving time in korea and she started crying and i was like oh my god i I was like i don't know what to do with this i don't what do i do (laughs) (laughs) that i would have laughed i i I I straight up laughed one time this isn't about k-pop um, but one time my girlfriend in high school got really upset because Nick Jonas like said that he had diabetes and um, <laughs> she was acting like he was going to fucking die and she was crying and I started laughing 
and she was like, oh. it's not funny. Like, he's sick. And I was like, he has fucking diabetes. Like, I mean, that's a debilitating thing to have, but, like, he's going to be okay, <laughs> probably. He has like, a lot you know. of money and access to healthcare. Like, he'll be fine. Yeah, I was like, my aunt has diabetes. You don't cry over her. <laughs> like, girl. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's not a, a terminal diagnosis. Especially, again, because she's a rich man. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not trying to make light of having that. I'm just saying, like, why are you crying? Stans <laughs> are a whole other breed. It'll be alright. Black, pink in my area. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I really love them. In my area? I black, love black, pink. pink. They're fun in as my shit. area. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I really want to go see Blackpink. That would be so fun. I think it would be, be so, so chaotic. Mm-hmm. Oh, because they're standing. They like, they're standing yes. scary. Well, that's the thing that I find really interesting, um, is that the stands of both the boy bands and the girl bands are all the same girls, and they're equally as insane. Mm-hmm. I love. I kind of. It's like. Equal rights, you know? Yeah, and feminism, you know? <laughs> yeah. Stalk That's everyone. That's feminism, right? <laughs> That's what feminism is all about. That's what the libs want. Um, anyway. <laughs> sorry, sorry to go on and on. Um, tangent. To, to your point real quick about, like, the objectification of... Um, her name is Mima, right? Um, the objectification of Mima. There's a shot in that scene that I really liked, um, where where her little pop group is singing. Uh huh. It's with what is the creepy guy's name again? I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Me Mania. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a shot where he he's like looking at his hand like he has his hand raised and we're facing his face so like he it looks like he's just holding his hand really weird but then we see from his perspective his hand is placed like um so that it looks like mima is dancing in his hand when he Mm -hmm. looks at it like weird Mm -hmm. um and i just loved that because that kind of explains the entire story in one shot well, it, it really does because, like, and again, it's the boy, like this movie really does lead into voyeurism, and like, like you said, mm-hmm. your your Cohen is making you face this, the like the literal male gaze, like literally a male gazing, literally at, male gaze, literally, it's right there, gazing at this character, and this character who is dressed, who is a young girl who is dressed in like a skimpy outfit, meant to tan, like meant to be kind of sexy. So she's meant to be looked at, and I would talk about that in anime in a second. But, like, you're watching him watch her, and then you see him with, like, a camera. And, again, it's with the cameras and the taking pictures and the filming and, like, needing to view her through a lens to capture her in a way. Like, it's like they're getting a piece. I know, like, it sounds cheesy to get, like, a piece of you from the camera, but that's what they feel like they're doing. Like, they're getting a piece of her for themselves. And... I think Cohen really does capture that, especially when he plays with, like, reflections, and there's a lot of really interesting playing with reflections and how Mima sees herself versus how others see her and 
her getting filmed on the during the the rape scene in the show and how that's being framed and how you're looking at that because it's like a really fucked up scene at a strip club and it's you're i think that's another reason why this movie i think is so upsetting is that you're so aware of what you're looking at and this also goes against a lot of what you see in anime the fan service you see in anime that i have a huge problem with so like i'm a huge anime person but i also have a problem with the way women's bodies in anime in general are treated because women you need you need fan service and fan service are basically like the upskirt shots the titties bouncing out like it becomes expected in this in this medium that you're gonna have like these sexy women no regardless of the subject matter like evangelion which is like the saddest shit ever like these teenage girls have big tits and there's upskirt shots like it's what is that it's like it, it is and it's like so complicated with anime and then i i really hate it and it's so gross but it's like a part of it and and it's very strange and like the way that women are viewed and treated like objects in a lot of anime is really hard for me to like i because i recognize it and i don't like it but i also love anime and not every anime does this but like a lot of ones i really like have their is are guilty of it and it's because fans want it because with animation you can create these exaggerated idealized bodies of women and i think like it just becomes an expectation which is uh, it speaks a lot to like misogyny and media and what people like and what the dominating views on women etc like it's a whole thing but here cohen is like rejecting that because he like it's not gratuitous with that and he wants us to realize like how we're looking at these young women and like the way that the gaze the gaze that we think that we were taking is actually very predatory and i think that's really again it's ahead of its time because there are shows that interrogate that now but there wasn't a lot of it in 1997 with anime it was a lot of like gundam and dragon ball z and shit like it was about like action and stuff it wasn't about like interrogating gazes and gender in the medium so this like stands apart i think as a really important piece of like addressing this like voyeurism and objectification and misogyny that like kind of lays is unfortunately like a big part of anime that's really interesting and i kind of wonder here's another ignorant thing is the is the like typical fan base for anime like is it still like young boys or has it kind of changed over the years like why it's, why is that still a thing that's so demanded so uh, sorry so, i put you on the spot no no it's okay so like i just like, i'm not like a huge expert on this and i haven't done like a ton of research on it so like i don't want to speak like out of pocket or like say things that are not correct um and like because the fan base of anime like the other th- anime isn't just about boys though because this is the thing is that i think a lot of people think it's like because there's so there's there's shonen anime and shoujo anime shonen is male focus like dragon ball z and shoujo anime is more female focused so like a fruits basket mm. and they like and they come out when they come out and like so like shonen jump is a magazine that has manga in it and you know it's like it's the actiony bro muscly boy manga and then you have like the girly sailor moon stuff so it's like very gen it's very gendered um 
already with it, like with these with the work with these works, because like in Japan there are a lot of strict expectations and gender roles in terms of like men and women and, and, and again like this is I'm not saying this is all the case now it's still the case now but like you know when this was when you know manga and anime were really becoming popular these you know these gender roles were still very much in place and still very much expected so mm-hmm. we already had that separation but the thing here comes in with this gender separation the shoujo anime was actually pretty sexy and a lot of women like like watch anime and watch like for this like the sexual part not necessarily the fan service part but like a lot of women do watch anime and i think because there is there is still you know this gender divide in anime but i also don't think it's as much as it used to be like there the audience for anime especially with the proliferation of the internet and like crunchyroll and streaming services like i think it's a much more diverse audience but it does cater to a specifically male gaze because of kind of that separation at the beginning the gender separation at the beginning kind of of the creation of the medium Mm -hmm. and like the formation of the medium and this like you know we see all the time in like fantasy shit it's always like the the buff guy saving the busty the busty brunette blonde whatever the fuck i think they took those tropes we've seen in art before and like in you know fantasy and shit and then just kept it going and, you know, people say a lot of things about, like, repressed sexuality in Japan and, like, using this as, like, an outlet to enact fantasies in a repressive society. I think that, like, part of that is true, but I also think that's, like, a little bit reductive in terms of, like, sexuality in Japan. I know that it is, like, still very much taboo. Like, a lot of sexual, like, sex and kissing in public is pretty taboo, but I think that, you know, isn't the only reason why. I think a lot of people try to say that. Like, Japan is a repressed society. I mean partially but i don't that's not the only reason i'm sorry if i said anything out of pocket everybody (laughs) correct me if i'm wrong but that's really interesting yeah i didn't mean to be reductive but um no i I didn't know about like the different type of like the two gendered Mm -hmm. versions of anime and i also didn't know there was like i knew okay i knew there was like sexy anime like what's what's it called hentai i think hentai mm-hmm. right i knew that existed but i didn't realize there was like like days of our lives of anime <laughs> like you know what oh I mean? my god yeah so there's like there's um like sports anime um like yuri what? on ice is about like figure skating so it's slice of life anime where it's not fantastical and it's like people there's like sports anime people playing sports and on our sports teams and are trying like to win the championship like those those are really sweet sweet like slice of life animes so like there isn't it's not just always like superheroes and crazy powers and shit it's like there is stuff that is just very much like you said days of our lives kind of more like soap opera type stuff that's really interesting it's cool as hell so for for like those so you're saying like a lot of women watch like the sexier ones too which of course but hentai actually a lot of women do look at hentai that's interesting to me but that well that leads to my question is like are they also like do they also like that the women are drawn like this like so i don't think so this 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 one i don't have i don't have an answer to like as like an i don't have an answer in my my all right look we're gonna get fucking real here i enjoy sometimes looking at 
pornographic images on the internet. And it's not... How dare you, first of all. I, I know. But, like, the thing is, like, hentai, also people always call it tentacle porn and, like, tentacle rape. You've heard that. Okay, I didn't want to say anything, but um, that is what I thought of. Okay, yeah. So, okay. That is a different... Okay. Okay. Um, and you can't me. Help me. I'm dumb. He- like, obviously, tentacle, tentacle porn and watching young, busty, busty, whatever the fuck anime girls getting raped by tentacles is like a thing that people have talked about in hentai and it's i it's terrible that is not my favorite it's gross for me not my favorite it's very objectifying and gross um but the like so okay i just like googled hentai like i thinking that was gonna give me any answers other than a million porn sites oopsie um but like hentai doesn't have to just be tentacle rape you know it's like porn it's just like hand-drawn porn of characters fucking do you think that's also because like are pornographic images like banned in japan or anything like i i really no, don't know so anything. they're not they're not banned but you can't like a lot of times like in porn in japan like the pen like getting when like a woman or when someone is getting penetrated it's pixelated out it, so like, but it's not by law. It's just that that's what they do. I it might be some, It might be a law. I think it might be a law. Sorry, I keep putting you on the spot. Yeah, it's, it's a censorship law, so it has to be um, like obscenity laws, basically. So they have to pixelate that out and and not so like to not incur a fine and like get in massive trouble. So like porn is very restricted there. Um, but is hentai restricted that way? Sometimes uh, the images because that would images. make me think maybe that's why that's so popular is like it's a way to get around that. But yeah, um, as if I can't. Okay, so I actually can, no, no, they they can't. They are also censored in Japan because I've seen oh. them before where it's like censored there too. So it's like you can't indecency. I think you just like I think again. I have listeners. I am not an expert on this. If I am incorrect, please tell me. Like I am not. I do not know a lot about Japanese censorship law and pornography. It. it I actually would probably actually love to know more about that, so maybe I will. Um, but I am pretty sure you have to censor it in Japan, too. I was going to say before, I was like, I could just literally look it up right now. I could look up hentai and find out for myself, but I don't want to. No, I mean, that's that's fair. That's, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know all that. Yeah. Well... Now you know. What movie were we talking about? Talking about perfect, perfect. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but like um, it's all, but like it's like I know it doesn't seem related to the movie, but it is all related because I think it all, all of that context feeds into like what this is and why Satoshi Kon made it and like how I, I think it's all like incredibly important to talk about because this, looking at my plan for us, this is the only movie of its kind. In, it's I, we're gonna do other Japanese movies, but they're gonna be a little different than like this one in terms of like sexuality and stuff like that. Um, a little mm. bit. So I think it makes I think it makes sense to talk about all this shit with like modern anime because, yeah, it all it just makes sense in terms of the trajectory I'm planning for this series for us. Well, I think it's also important. Like if if one person doesn't know something that means lots of other people probably don't either like exactly like i think 
I don't know if a lot of our listeners are like super into anime. I can think of one or two who definitely oh, no. are. I, oh, no. I'm saying <laughs> They that... don't have to tell me. Oh, no. No, I, I know what you're saying. I'm just messing around. Fucking nerds. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I really don't know, like, anything. And before we record it, before we started recording, even, like, earlier today, I think, maybe, like, in text, I was like, I fully expect you to, like, educate me, basically. Because I don't know anything. I don't know anything really, like, not much about anime and and I guess hentai. So, so okay, I just also wanted to fill in some blanks with hentai real quick because I looked it up because I knew I was missing a bunch of shit and I have, I'm getting my shit back together. Um, So, there, in, like, the, obviously, like, in the 80s, there were, there was a lot of censorship in art as well and so this artist named Toshio Mera create created tentacle sex in his art to surpass to go past those censorships because it was all about like heterosexual like penis and vagina sex um and there's a lot of examples of wood prints from like the 18 like the 1800s like there's an incre- there's like from uh 1814 the dream of the fisherman's wife and she's getting uh an octopus is going down on her and things like that so like there are already examples in Japanese art from the 1800s that there was like this kind of example about portraying sexuality in art and so this artist kind of I think brought that back to go around the censors and stuff like that so there became this like monster fucker kind of artwork to get around censorship um and yeah I got one right. Hell yeah. That's really interesting. And it's interesting that, like, this is not exclusive to, to Japan. I feel like this is an American thing, too. It's like, yeah, we, we don't, we don't want to look at or think about sex. Let's definitely have them have sex with an animal or a creature instead of a person, because that's less perverted somehow. <laughs> Uh. Um, but then I think um, they sort of some of those bands lifted, especially in anime, um, in the past couple of years. But it was it's been censored for a long time. Um, do you want to know something completely different that I looked up? I would love to know. Um, so earlier I said that. Perfect Blue really reminded me of Black Swan, which I know Perfect Blue came out first, so really Black Swan <laughs> reminds me of Perfect Blue. Um, Darren Aronofsky claims that it did not at all inspire Black Swan. Well, I think believe? he's... I think... I remember reading about this because I wrote, I wrote about this a couple of years ago. I think he, he bullshit... He said that, and then I think he went back on that. I think he went back on that statement. Well, because, like... There's no way. Like, homie, just say you got inspired by it. It's fine. Like, no one's mad at you. He he definitely had seen it because he straight up remade a shot from it. Yes! Famously. Like, he said that, right? Like, he he remade the shot from Perfect Blue. Um, He remade it in Requiem for a Dream where... The character, so in in his, it's Marion, played by um, Jennifer Connelly, 
and in Perfect Blue, it's it's um, Mima. She she's sitting in the tub, like like sitting um, in the fetal position, and puts her face like under the water and screams. Right, yep. that it's that shot. Yep. So it's like we know you were inspired at one point. Why? I I I, I really don't understand how he can say that. Like, I mean, even if you think about. <laughs> I've seen Black Swan a hundred times, so I can kind of recite it. There's there's a scene towards the end of Black Swan where she, like, is standing on stage and she, like, extends her arms, like, taking in all the accolades, right, at the end of the show. And it's like she's, like, a, like facing her audience, finally. The same shot is in Perfect Blue, but it's when she's about to get hit by a truck. Do you know what I'm yep. talking about? Uh-huh. Like, it looks yeah. almost exactly like it. And it's... I love that shot in Perfect Blue. I was like... That's incredible. Even just, like, not the shot, but just, like, the reason behind it. I really liked it. Because it's like... Get, it, that's not her, though, right? That's her friend at that point. Who's about to get hit by the truck. Yeah. That, not and her... Then, it's um, her manager, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which... <laughs> that relationship really reminded me of <laughs> Selena, like, and Yolanda. Oh you know what I'm talking about? Yolanda, the uh, fan club manager. Um, yes. Anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, her friend is like facing the truck. Like, I don't know. It 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 just got me. But um, yeah, I don't know how he can say that. <laughs> There was other stuff too. I, I, well, first of all, every train scene um, reminded me of Black Swan. Uh huh. The fact that she keeps seeing herself everywhere, <laughs> um, and there's like this other version of herself that she like keeps seeing, and it's like controlling her. She doesn't know what's real or what's not. She doesn't remember doing stuff. She thinks she kills someone, but she didn't actually kill someone. But, like, there's blood everywhere. Like, um... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how... I don't I, I don't know how he could say he wasn't inspired. That's, um... Okay, no, he didn't. Something. Okay, I got it confused because Christopher Nolan also fucking stole shot-for-shot scenes from Paprika, Cohen's last film in Inception, and he finally was like, yeah, I was inspired by it. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, you literally, the part where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's running around on the walls and shit's flipping around, that's literally shot for shot in Paprika. I don't understand saying, like, what are they Why just trying to be like? Why are these white boys being so shitty? Like, you are, yeah. you can cite it, because it feels like stealing when you don't, like, cite the homage. Are they trying to be like, I totally made this up. I didn't even watch Perfect I'm, Blue. Like, I guess I, I think so. I I guess it just was glue. I had an original thought. It's like no, you didn't. <laughs> don't don't lie. You didn't have an original thought. Yeah, That's I just fine. don't, get don't lie like about that. it. I don't get being like that. And it's like if you're gonna like, especially for Aronofsky, it's like we know you saw it. So like, are you just trying to like not get sued or something? <laughs> I love like, how he's just like, yeah, no, I like did this whole scene from Perfect Blue and Requiem for a Dream, this one scene, but then the entire thing of Perfect Blue, which is literally the exact fucking movie as Black Swan, not the exact, but very similar movie to Black very Swan. Very similar. No way, I've never been inspired. Shut the fuck up. Get out of my face. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't Give get Cohen that. his flowers, you asshat. You were in his documentary about him. Like, why are you being such a wiener? Really? Yeah, because there was a documentary that came out last year, I think. Satoshi Kon, the Illu- or the uh, the Illusionists, and it's about Satoshi Kon's career. And Aronofsky is interviewed in it, talking about the scene from Requiem for a Dream. Really? It's a, yeah, it's weird. That's kind of like like shady. I think it's shady. I mean, he might not think it's shady, but it's gross. I, d- I don't like it. One little well, yeah. bit. I, I don't like that because it's obvious. I mean, I don't rem- I've seen Inception, but I really don't remember anything about it because I was so bored. Um, that's a fun fact. <laughs> I was so oh, bored. Um, and obviously I've never seen Paprika. I didn't even know it existed until you just mentioned it. Um, I forget why I was saying this, but anyway, yeah, I, oh, I was just saying, I didn't know that Christopher Nolan also did the same thing, but that's so gross. Cause it's like <sighs> colonialism. <laughs> that's what it feels like. And I, I don't know. That's it's gross. like, just it's just like such a lack of respect for the medium. And for the guy, like, and I feel like gu- that's, and, like he, and for and- the race, I feel like culture well and so like he worked with i mean he worked with some of the biggest names in anime and manga like the guy who made um akira which is a hugely influential piece of media not just in animation but like in film and like cyberpunk in general and it's like japanese creators shaped a lot of these genres but they don't get the recognition and i think it's definitely racist i think there's like some weird assumptions about animation but it's like you are aping these incredibly smart ideas from these works that are absolutely gorgeously animated and actually make fucking sense and are interesting to watch not like boring bullshit like christopher nolan Ooh, sorry well it's also just like predatory because it's like to me and maybe this is because i'm a brown person that i'm just taking it this way but to me it's almost like you're saying well, no one's seen that little movie anyway, so who would even know? Like, uh, yeah. if I if I just deny it, no one's going to know. No one's seen that movie. Well, They're going to think I totally made it up by myself. And that's well, so, what, like, gross. Well, what happened, too, was, like, Perfect Blue didn't do, like, perform very well, and neither did um, a couple other of his movies. So it's, like, he was, like, not doing great, like, in his career for a while because people didn't, like, recognize his stuff or watch it. It's, like... He thought he was a failure for a while. That's really wild. And he is, like, one of my favorite directors of all time. Like, incredible person. Well, I don't know if he's, like, an incredible person. Incredible artist. So, ugh, it just makes me so mad. Yeah, but, that's um, really weird on for both of them. I don't like it. I'm surprised you didn't talk about the attack scene. Like, the strip club scene oh yeah i just (laughs) i i hate that scene um for obvious reasons i think that's one that's actually really hard for me to watch um and that sounds i for me it's weird because like you know i've watched a lot of shit like Mm -hmm. this i've watched a lot of stuff it's animated you think you'd feel a little bit more distance from it but i think what fucks me up about that scene is that like someone drew that and animated it and i think there's something about someone like meticulously animating and creating that that like gets weirdly into my brain if that makes any sense of just like that's it's like a weird layer to it that I think makes it harder to watch for me 
I think that makes sense. I was going to say, that sounds like kind of crazy, but I don't know. No, it, it doesn't. It just makes me have other questions. Like, because you watch a lot of rape revenge movies, they definitely storyboard those. and then I know. They, like... I don't get it. it it's <laughs> like, it's weird. It's like. <sighs> they have to like set up the shot and everything. I know. I, I'm not telling you. I'm not saying it makes sense, but. Oh, I'm not trying to make sense of it. I just think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that scene was like. You know what got me about it? Like, I, obviously, I didn't like watching it, and it like weirded me out. But the something that made it a little bit easier for me was that um, the guy like clearly didn't want to do it either, and he was like, "I'm so sorry," and she's like, "Oh no, it's fine," and she like broke character for a second. But then the part that really got me, like, that made me upset was afterwards when she's in her room and she's like, of course I, well, she doesn't say fucking. I was going to say, of course I didn't want to fucking do it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was upsetting. That was upsetting to me. Overall, I I wasn't that upset by the movie, but that upset me. So I think, and I'm just like, I'm like thinking about it again, um, like reminding myself of the scene. I think... The other thing, I think, what I was trying to say, I think that really freaked me out. It wasn't, it's not the drawing aspect. It's, like, the awareness that all of these men are watching her do it with the cameras. Mm -hmm. I think, like, that kind of meta looking at it and, like, her, especially this image of, like, oh, what, you know, what she's, what she's, like, sacrificing in scare quotes. Like, I'm not saying that what, sacrificing isn't the right word, but, like, what they're perceiving as sacrifice because she's, like, a young girl and she's sacrificing it for this role and this like career change and i don't something it's just like it's it's gross and seedy and something about it just like i think being so aware of others other people watching it made me feel yeah. dirtier well it's creepy like the whole movie is like this it's like you're watching someone watch her yeah and it just it's that just makes it somehow dirty. worse And I will say, though, I, I get frustrated now after doing, like, research on rape revenge movies and, like, seeing these kinds of movies as in, as empowering for me. Like, when everyone's, like, cr- like her fucking agent is, like, crying that she's doing it. And I don't know. It's just, like, this manipulation and assumptions about female sexuality obviously is the point of this movie, but it just, like, makes me ill. <laughs> like, how dare this young it. girl make a decision on her own and do this to herself and ruin her body? It's like, shut the fuck up. I know, yeah. And to be honest with you, stuff like that kind of gave it away to me. Like, I knew her friend was behind it. Actually, I want to tell you something a little bit stupid. Okay. I thought maybe the guy that she kept seeing, like, that she saw at the concert that one time, I thought maybe she was making that up in her mind. Like, she didn't know who was behind everything, so she was just putting that face to it. Okay. You know? But I knew... Uh, her manager person was behind it because she kept getting upset and being like, no, you you have to be a pop star. You can't be a movie star. Like, you know, the whole time. And that was like the theme of all the messages on um, the little yeah Mima's Diary website was basically like, you have to be a pop star. You're not a movie star. So I was like, well, that's definitely her friend. Right? <laughs> so I thought that that guy was not actually behind anything. I thought maybe she just put that face to it because he creeped her out one time. Yeah. And, you know, 
And I, I honestly... I also think there's a way you can read it like that. I, I don't think yeah, Perfect Blue necessarily has, like, a cut and dry ending. I think that... And that's a lot of... Again, a lot of his work is a little bit, like, a little ambiguous. A little bit more like, hmm, what really happened kind of thing. I think. Yeah. I really liked that about it. And maybe that's true. Maybe you can read it just like that. Um, I liked... I, I was... I kept getting not disoriented but I was like confused I was like well did she do it like did she not like I'm so confused right now yeah no and that that's again that's a lot of his work is like pushing you off kilter so you're not totally sure what's going on and he wants you to be confused he wants to put you in the mental state of the characters and he wants you to be in that same confused like you don't know what's going on because they don't know what's going on like we're not we're not this like omniscient per- person like seeing everything like we are in her head mm-hmm. and yeah Fuck. yeah i really liked that about it I, w- I was so confused and then i really liked that end shot where she's like nope i'm real and it was like <laughs> i don't know like the barbie movie or something it's it's so funny and i, I think it's such a funny like i the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is fucking annoying. But the more times I watch it, the more I'm like, it's kind of funny. Like, I kind of love, like, how it, like, ends on this, like, super saccharine note after this traumatic movie. It's, like, kind of incredible <laughs> that it ends that yeah, way. <laughs> it made me laugh. It's and so it also funny. was, it was almost like, here's the anime that you thought you were getting for one frame. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it really made me laugh. I had a question before we end. Okay. I had a question about the anim- the animation. So, I don't know. Uh, stop me if I already asked this. But, like, okay, everyone looked normal except that the three pop stars were drawn completely differently from everyone else. And they did almost have that, like, classic anime as we think of it look, right? With, like, the bigger eyes and everything. And then... I. Maybe this is totally off base, but when I was watching it, I was like, are they supposed to look, like, um, westernized? Ooh, that I don't know. Because that, like, was upsetting to me. They're definitely meant to look more, like, feminine and, like, dolls. Saw it that way, but more being western. Not to say that it's, I mean, like, I haven't perceived, I didn't watch it that way, but that's interesting. I didn't think they, like seemed westernized in really any other way it's just like i noticed like everybody else uh looked very distinctly asian and they didn't look distinctly asian to me like they looked like they could be from anywhere so i i think it's because like they had the more like you said like the more kind of what you expect with anime eyes like very big i think yeah i think in my my perception of it was not like westernized but more like in that typical anime style because most of the movie is not like it's not the big eyes anime but these girls are made to look that way because like people want to see these big eyed cutie anime girls and I think that is like another layer of playing with how we look at and what we expect from female characters in this medium true maybe I guess then that just leads me to a question about anime overall is like where does that come from like what what is that (laughs) The eyes? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, or is I, it just like a way of making them cute? Uh, hold on a second. 
Sorry. I, if only there was a device where I could look things up whenever I want. It's like it's like the big the big eyes again are associated with like innocence and young. So I think you know that I don't know exactly where it fucking came from, where and how it start. Fuck, I used to know. That's right. Okay, that's what I thought. So, Osamu Tezuka, who made Astro Boy, um, his style and he's like Osuma Tezuka. Tezuka is one of these like hugely like he's the grandfather of manga. So he really created the style um, that we see today. So the big eyes were part of his style. So the big eyes were just his, were just kind of like carried through the animation today because he was like kind of the starter. He set kind of what anime could look like and people ran with that and looked to him as like the example of what kind of modern animation, modern in scare quotes anime. And he, so he was greatly influenced by Disney. Tezuka was like a big Disney person. So his animation style was in turn affected by like how people drew in the in the states. So at, so it's like western style animation think like the big eyes of like princesses and like Bambi and shit. Like big eyes, big blue pretty eyes are like a feminine feature that I think is like associated with being beautiful. So, and we're like, or innocent or cute. And so Tezuka took that style and put it into his style and then in turn created his own big eye animation style. So in a way it is westernized. Yeah, I think you could say anime eyes have always been westernized. Yeah. Because they don't look Asian. You know what I mean? They don't have, like, they don't have, they have big giant eyes. Yeah. So. I thought that was very interesting in this movie. Yeah. I thought a lot of things were interesting in this movie. It's an interesting I really, movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked it. I, I really liked the, um, like, version of herself, like, the really over-the-top happy version of herself that was, like, skipping down the hallway. Yep. Um, I love her. And then, like, the scene with the blood on her face. That was very cool. Um, the whole screwdriver scene where she's like pretending to be the pizza delivery guy very cool overall I would say I really liked it so I'm glad you chose this I'm glad we talked about it and if people listening are like why didn't he look up anything about anime before um, we started recording the answer is because because I didn't want to (laughs) <laughs> no, That's I, fair. I, I really, honestly didn't have time. But um, also, I wanted to talk about it with you. Like, yeah. I don't really talk. I don't really know anyone. I, I know some people who like anime, but like, I, we don't really like. None of my very close friends watch it um, that I know of, and so I, I really have never learned anything. And I had twenty years to figure it out, and I just fucking didn't. So. Um, fair 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 enough so okay so we have watched perfect blue for the beginning of our animation series uh would you like to hear what we're watching next who me yeah you yeah i'm so curious because um also for everyone listening i'm on a journey with you i don't know what's happening i'm just here yep you are go ahead 
So the next movie that we are watching is another Japanese film, but this is The Belladonna of Sadness, which came out in the 70s. So it's not, it is not like at all similar to Perfect Blue. It's animated, but it's not like anime. It's very psychedelic, very trippy, and very graphic. There's a lot of rape in this movie. Great. I have heard of this one, but I didn't, I have no idea what it's about or anything. It's one of my all time favorite movies. I just, honestly, I heard the title and I was like, that one's not for me. And I just kept going. Oops. Sorry. Well, you get to watch it now. Um, Hey, I'm frequently wrong. Trigger warnings abound for this one. Uh, It's weird. It's wild. It's a lot of vibes. Um, Don't expect to really understand exactly what's going on at any given moment. Um, The last time I watched it, I was absolutely blasted out of my mind on edibles. So, like... If you are someone listening to this and wants to watch along and you partake, uh, wh- try it out if you want. And if you're okay with watching Sexual Assault, please be in a good headspace for this one. I'm going to have so much CBD Hell before yeah. I watch it Party and it. feel absolutely nothing from it. Woo! Thanks, CBD. Who can really... Woo! It's me. Um, do you want to know... Do you want to know the schedule I have planned for us, or do you want to be surprised every week? You can tell us the schedule if you if you want okay. to. Okay, so here's here's our breakdown because I made a little I made a list of ones that I think we should really watch, and then I have them laid out in uh, an interesting order. So we have Perfect Blue, which we've just, we've just done. Belladonna of Sadness is next week. We are then going to watch Fantastic Planet. Which is not Japanese. I also wanted to make sure we didn't just watch anime, um, because animation isn't just from one place. Um, I really fan- wanted you to pick that one. That wasn't the one I requested, but I was really hoping. So because Fantas- I've never seen it. Neither actually, neither have I. So I'm really excited. So Fantastic Planet is from 1973. I'm not entirely sure how disturbing it is, but I've heard it's fucking wild. So we're gonna watch that. So that's from 1973. And then after that, we're going to watch Watership Down. That was my choice, of course. It was. So Watership Down, based on the book, Rabbits. I have not watched this movie since I was in fourth grade. I'm not looking forward to it. Fourth grade? I, I, we'll, I We'll talk about it. Um, I've never seen it, just so everyone knows. Okay. So, and then after that, because we're doing animals, we're going to watch the short... It's only 34 minutes. It's a short film called Cat Soup. Um, it's Japanese. Um, it's weird. It's kind of fucked up. Uh, it exciting. won't the title. And it's, and it's about, it's anthropomorphic cats and a, a cat trying to save his sister's soul. And then we're going to end on a really depressing note. We're going to watch Grave of the Fireflies. I was hoping you'd pick that too. Yeah. So I actually have never seen Grave of the Fireflies because I wasn't ready to be sad. Um, but now I am. I'm ready to be sad for the podcast. I'm glad to have a reason to watch it. I was like, I just don't know if I want to watch this. But now that the podcast is here, I can finally have an excuse to watch it. That's not just like, all right, bitch, time to be sad. Um, let's be sad and talk about <laughs> it on a microphone for people to listen to. So, yes, we're going to watch that. And that is going to be awful and sad. And we're going to be very upset. Um so yeah, that's Great. that. That's our schedule. I tried to kind of go from like psychedelic-y stuff to animals and then back to kind of, and then we're going to anchor it in nuclear war. So uh, get ready. Great. Yeah, I haven't and seen I did... any of these, so I'm oh, you... Okay, cool. And so None I also them. don't, 
I didn't want to watch. I mean, like, there's a lot of nuclear Holocaust movies, but I think we needed to watch a Japanese one because Japanese movies about nuclear bombing are the ones that are, I think, that have the most, the most, like, voices we should listen to because obviously they are coming from, like, their own, like, generational trauma of experiencing the bombing of their country by us with nuclear weapons. So. Agreed. There's a lot of movies I could have chosen, like, When the Wind Blows, but I, I didn't want to watch a lot of... Nu- nuclear War is, like, my biggest fear, so we'll talk about that. But I, I didn't want to watch more than one movie about nuclear war. Well, spoiler alert, um, I... On our list, I have nuclear war movies as, like, a whole category. Well, that's fine. We can... We will cross that bridge when we come to it. But I did not want to watch more than one nuclear war movie with animation about people's bodies falling apart. So we'll just cross... Maybe I'll be ready for it in a couple months. (laughs) Fair enough. Hey, I get that. There was something I wanted to say before we left. What was it about, though? I don't know. It was probably your sick joke, too. Oh, well. Can't win them all. Ruined. Ruined. Oh, you know what I was thinking? (laughs) I think it was this. I know I just said that I don't watch animation a lot. Oh, my God. But did you know that uh-huh. every single night I watch Daria? Every night. Wait, you fuck. Every night. Because fuck it's, you. What? it's you soothing just... to me. Fuck. That's animation. <laughs> I know. I know. I know what I just said. And not only is it animation, but it's about teenagers. Yes. F- fuck you. I'm a man of layers. Okay, fired. I I never know what I'm saying (laughs) any other time. You're like this whole podcast. Like, oh, I don't know about animation. Oh, by the way, I watch a lot of Daria. Well, wait. There's two things. So one, we did um, talk about a few months ago changing to a Daria-inspired name, and that was my idea. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) And then two. I am planning a Daria sleeve of tattoos. I am going to kick your ass. I hate myself. I really do. I, I, just please put me out of my misery. All right. Straight to jail. I'm calling uh, the police. Nine one fucking one. Good times. That Celine yeah. Dion meme. Je suis la police. <laughs> That's me right now. To you. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say because I knew I knew you'd be so mad. Just sweet la police. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I know that you're a fucking fraud, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, uh, guys, well, we're back. Isn't it so exciting? Let us know how excited you are that we're back and yelling. Or about... sorry about it if you hate it. <laughs> I'm not sorry about shit. Um, but yeah, let us know on Twitter uh, how excited you are that we're back y'all um you can follow the podcast on twitter at womana podcast that's w at w o n a podcast and you can follow us on twitter i'm at mb mcandrews and i'm at daxi bobbin and if you want to send us an email about uh my poor uh japanese animation history knowledge or about other animated movies that dax should watch slash i should watch Send us an email, wonapodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And we'll be back next week, guys. Get excited. More animation. Animation and fun. Boop, boop, Belladonna fun. of sadness, right? Belladonna of sadness. Wow.
All right. Well, bye. Bye.